Hi, I'm Jacqueline Freeman. And I'm Sarah Korn. You're listening to Kitchen Table Alchemy, living in full color. This is a podcast for people who see and spread the magical in everyday life. Hello. So welcome to the 23rd episode of Kitchen Table Alchemy. And um, I am Jacqueline Freeman, a relationship alchemist. And today with me, I have got a special guest. Kathleen Gramsay is sitting with us today. And um, so we're going to talk about a lot of really cool stuff today. Um, and Kathleen and I met through a series of house concerts that I do. And um, she's a big music lover and also is really fantastic about working with helping people release pain in their bodies, right? So you can, if you know anything about me, then you can see how, how we've got lots of things that we connect on, right? So, um, and so uh, we've got a lot of different things that we wanted to talk about today, but uh, you just got back from an amazing trip to Greece. I did. And um, before you left, I told you to make sure that you came back to us <laughs> because Greece is one of those places um, that you just get to and forget the time exists, right? Like Absolutely. you really feel the circular nature of time in that place. It's extraordinary. Yeah. You know, and it's amazing how quickly you can just kind of fall into this daily routine. And uh, when I was living in the Netherlands, right, I mean, it's a cold, miserable country. And so there are a lot of Dutch people that go to, to, that go to Greece for a holiday to get a little bit of sun on their skin and like knock the paste off. Right. Mm -hmm. And so and they will stay there for 10 years. Like I met several people that went for a holiday and stayed and then like woke up one day and realized they'd been on whatever island for 10 years and were like, oh my God, what am I doing? I gotta get, like, get back to my life. What's going on? You know? So, so I told Kathleen that experience before she left and... And you even sent me the email last that says, please come back to us. So I was like, I right up. But then when I got there, I totally got what you were saying. Yeah. It's extraordinary. It's really... It really is... Amazing. The, it's an extraordinary place. The people are, you know, the people are so authentic and so full of life yeah. and so passionate. The food is extraordinary. What's not... So passionate all? you think they're yelling at each other. I know. <laughs> I remember, like, passing these two old ladies. Blah, 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 blah. You know, and I'm like, oh my goodness, is there going to be like a drawdown in this town or what? And the guy was like, oh no, no, they're best friends. They're talking about their sons. Do you know what I mean? I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. 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 It's really, I mean, it's, it's, they're so vibrant. Yeah. They're so vibrant. And yeah. they are very passionate people about whatever they're talking about. It's yeah. very true. Yeah. Yeah. And at the same time, I found them to be so warm, so inviting, so loving and so inclusive, like, you know, they just were happy we were there and, you know, just couldn't do enough for us. Yeah. It was really. Yeah. It no, was really, really fantastic. Yeah. And then, of course, you have the whole vibration of the whole of Greece. I mean, it's. You had a very real experience with the vibration of Greece. I did. I did. So <laughs> I, had, I had, actually, I had several. So I went to Peros. I went to Santorini. And then I went to, I was in and out, so I came into Athens, and then coming back, we were there for two days in Athens. 
And what was so amazing to me was when you're talking about that, that beckon to stay, the islands are definitely that. They, like each one, Peros is so intimate and quiet and you just want to just stay on the beach forever. And um, Santorini has has the energy of the volcano and the caldera and that's its own special thing especially we did some kayaking and we were in the caves and that and the light coming through the caves on the um mm. on the sea in fact the Aegean, that is a completely different experience of vibration than any ocean i've ever been on it's yeah. completely different yeah. and i i didn't know that i hadn't been to the Aegean before right so that was that was palpable I yeah. mean, it really was. We were, you know, especially when you're in a kayak, right? You're right yeah. on the water. And then we sailed as yeah. well. And that was... Well, and you really start thing. tapping into that relationship that we as human beings have with the planet. Yes. Right? Oh, and yeah. understanding, like, why we call it Mother Earth. Right. And why, like... Uh, and I know there's more and more research actually being done into the Gaia principles, what mm -hmm. they're calling it. Mm -hmm. And showing that the Earth is a living organism. Yes. Right? Like, oh, yeah. we know that it has these systems. We know this kind of stuff. But it's not something that we've seen as being animated. Right? right? That was something that was kind of relegated to mythology and you know like old wives tales and witchy people like me like <laughs> what's interesting about it the parallel though is the micro and the macrocosm mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. cellularly Absolutely. cellularly the divine intelligence that the life force that animates our cells yeah. atoms and molecules it's all the same yeah it is all the same yeah. so and being someone who comes from the world of body work and comes from the world of energy that is it's always been from the time I was a child. I mean, I remember distinctly at five, just knowing that I could feel nature. Knowing, I mean, yeah. that's been always a place for me where I have find my, found my most, um, my most peace, yeah. my most attunement. And I mean, nothing was more fun than playing outside and being, and for me, it's trees. Trees have mm, a huge, yeah, me too. I have a huge relationship with trees. Yeah, and I always too. have, always have. Yeah. And so Greece has this very palpable energy, and so each of the islands and the and the and it's really amazing having a tide but not a current. Mm, so that was yeah. really different. And um, so just being there, I mean, I was so at peace, just so at peace. And then Athens was really interesting because at my initial thought of Athens was okay, well, in and out, we'll see the Acropolis, blah blah. And really, I was I was really about the islands. And so what happened was um, we decided to do a private tour of the Acropolis. And the, we were working with, for anybody who's going to Greece, um, George's famous taxi. I mean, it, it's hilarious. Um, <laughs> and uh, Matt Barrett is the website that I got all the stuff from, which was everything was amazing. But, but I will put this stuff in the show notes so you don't have to write all that down. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, Matt Barrett's Greece. Um, so, but this George's famous taxi, we said, okay, let's have somebody who's, you know, just make it easy when we get off the plane after 10 hours. Long story short, we decided to ask them to take us to the Acropolis and provide a guide, a private guide. And the, this guide, her name was Poppy. She had a um, degree, her first degree was in archaeology, second was in art history, and the third was museologist. So she actually designs museums. The museum... So awesome that, to walk the Acropolis with uh, someone with this kind of information. Oh my God, you, are you kidding me? It was, yeah, yeah, it was beautiful. For yeah, us, yeah. It was a whole yeah. different level of translation, mm. needless to say. So what was really amazing was they have built, um, for people who haven't been there, 
they built a new museum in 2009 that's a couple blocks away, but what is extraordinary about it is the third floor is the exact footprint and um, um, layout as the Parthenon. Okay. So it's literally the same footprint a couple blocks over, if you want to say. And so what was really extraordinary about this was Poppy, as she was telling us and explaining everything at the Acropolis, then took us to the museum after, and then we saw the artifacts that they had moved from the Acropolis to the museum in their life-size pieces. So it was three-dimensional. Right. Three-dimensional. And then it, the whole experience was even more dimensional. I was going to say, and then it became yeah. multi-dimensional. <laughs> <laughs> well, so this was an interesting thing because I am, I am very aware of energy, and I'm, it's, it's something I paid attention to all my life. So when things catch my attention, I note it. When I was on the um, ferry from Athens to Paros on the very, you know, first day, full day on our trip, I came around the back of the, of the ferry and the flag, of course, is on the back of the ferry and it's beautiful wind. So it's like full out. And I came around the corner and it literally stopped me in my tracks. Like it just... I got so verklempt. I got the same kind of emotion that I have with the American flag, which mm. shocked me because I've only lived in this life, in this country. Right. And so I was just like, wow, that's interesting. So then um, after we were at the other islands and we came back and we did the, the um, we're doing the tour with Poppy, we came up through the, the gates um, and the, you know, so we're talking about the, um, the archaeological gate. Uh, to the Parthenon, and I started having, you know, physical experience. I started having body rushes of just like somebody was just, it's almost kind of like, you know, electricity running through yeah. the body. Yeah. So, um, so I thought this was interesting. And then she came and we looked over the side and we were looking at the amphitheater where they still have live shows. And as soon as I looked over there, I literally started having body rushes, energy running up from my fingers, up like like lights just flowing mm. through my body. And I thought, okay, this is interesting. I'm knowing this. And then, um, and then when she took us over to the Epicurious, which is there is there's two buildings. There's the Parthenon, and then there's this other building where it has this patio, and it's called the Patio of the Maidens. And the the columns are maidens that they built that are the column right they're these maidens and there's this whole thing about how when they designed them they had to do they had to figure out how to make the necks thick so that it could support the columns and they did these elaborate hairstyles and there's this whole thing about it but that's not what was getting my attention because as poppy's telling me about the maidens all of a sudden literally my inside my head it was like somebody took the sound volume and turned it off to her voice, even though she was a foot away talking to me, I right. couldn't hear her any longer. And yeah. I just had this whole expansion going on in my head and and visualizations, pictures of this whole other experience that I had lived. Like I, right. I had a movie playing in my head. So yeah. I so I'm like, okay, and I've I've had experiences before at different places, but not when I felt like I had a whole movie of a previous life start playing in my in my body and my mind. Right, not just a couple of flashes. No. This was no, like this was this was really like so much so that I, I needed to leave where I was and I said <laughs> I just put my finger up like I'll be back. And I walked around <laughs> because I needed to go walk over 
by this patio and by these statues and kind of get a sense of what was I experiencing? What was I feeling? What was I experiencing? What was really going on? And to process this, what was happening? So I got this very, very clear vision of having lived there in a previous life. And I was like, okay, well, that kind of makes some sense with my experience. Right, why the flag was so touching to you. Right, Yeah. right. And so once I got grounded and I could just feel it and experience it, I just had this overwhelming love. Just this overwhelming love for Greece and for the people of Greece. And it was, it just expanded my awareness and appreciation on a cellular level it was it was extraordinary yeah it was really extraordinary and what to what really then added to that was now so now i can hear again (laughs) so that's how i'm like okay okay Okay. i'm back in the here now i have access to my senses yeah (laughs) and so when you get marble i didn't real i mean i knew marble came from greece but i didn't know to the extent there's actually pyros and this whole thing so literally you're walking on the paths of thousands and thousands and thousands of years people have walked and it's marble you know it's like dirt and marble and so I, as a, as a um, therapy, massage therapist for many years, of course, I'm kinesthetic, right? So I put my hand down on, the, I just like, just, it was like this intuitive thing. I just crouched down and I put my hand and then I got this whole read, like through my arms of this further experience of this life. And I thought, wow, this is really, this is really extraordinary mm. because I've never had it to that degree that mm. I've had that much awareness and really like the whole picture you know, I'm having, yeah. oh, you know, you've had it where you're like, oh, maybe, or you like, it's maybe it triggers something that you saw in a movie or whatever. This was, this was a whole movie in and of itself of me living in that lifetime. And so I thought, okay, this is really interesting. Yeah. So then Poppy starts talking more and they are, Greeks are extremely um, active in politics. Mm. And so they, and she starts to talk about that democracy really came from the philosophy right of plato and aristotle and it became that's how democracy started and it came from that philosophy and i mean i I remember i read it in school blah blah but right 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 attention nothing like having this experience again (laughs) (laughs) like oh so that's what they meant by that got it okay yeah so what was really extraordinary about it was as she's talking about the democracy and, you know, they, this is where they are. I mean, they've had all the refugee experiences. They've had all, I mean, they literally could yeah, get, like, yeah. they've, they've been through a lot already. And when we were talking with Alex, our driver, we were kind of politely asking him without, you know, it's like, you don't need to be an ugly American, um, right. but just asking him, like, how is that? And it's like. Greece is a great place for t- tourists to go, but if you're a Greek citizen right now, you can get, um, I think she, it was 630 euro total out of your own bank account for one week. That's all you can take out. So most people are not putting their money into the bank right. if they can't get it out. So hence why they're saying if you if you have cash, that would be great. Yeah. So, um, so but it certainly gave me more insight into, um, into their their passion that's behind why they are so passionate about their politics. Yeah. And one of the interesting um, little anecdotes was idioso, the word for Greek word for idiot, really means one who does not participate in their citizenry. Right. So um, it, I came yeah. away with such, first of all, compassion and empathy for, for the average Greek citizen who is, and it was very interesting because Alex said, he said, you know, you guys, 
Americans, you grew up with this American dream. So you grew up with this dream that you're going to get a house. You're going to like the American dream, right? Get a home, blah, blah, blah. You know that along with that house goes property taxes. You know that when you buy stuff, you're going to have sales taxes. You know you're going to have all these taxes. Well, literally, they have not had those taxes. And all of a sudden, they're like, okay, now you have all these. You have these four taxes. And guess what? You're going to start paying them now. We're not talking about 20 years that you're going to like, we'll feed them in. They're like, the average person, all right, oh, by the way, these are all the taxes you have to pay and start now. Right. So you can understand. Yeah, well, the I was in Holland when the euro was introduced. Okay. I was living in Holland when the euro was introduced. And my um, my partner was half Mallorquin, which is uh, one of the Balearic Islands off the coast of Spain, okay. right? Uh, and so um, we went to Spain often, mm-hmm. right? To visit. So like every other holiday basically was was in Spain. Mm-hmm. And so not, not shabby, right? Not shabby right. at all. Right. And so... Um, but being in Spain, like, I was a secretary, he was a mail clerk with the army. I mean, we were not making a lot of money, right? right? And I used to joke that I had to go to Holland to live the American dream, right? Because right. it was there that I was able to buy my first house and, right? Like, I wasn't able to do those things here. I just wow. kept staying on, like, juggling the three waitressing jobs and trying to pick up a teaching gig now and then. You know what I mean? Like. Right. Um, and this is, you know, with my bachelor's. So, uh, so I went to Holland and was able to finally fulfill the American dream. But, you know, and everyone there has, everybody has holiday. Everybody takes holiday. You take holiday commiserate with your income level, mm-hmm. right? So when we went on holiday, we stayed in crappy hostels. Mm-hmm. And um, our one meal out a day would be lunch because those tend to be cheaper. Right. And we would buy a bunch of bread and some like cheese that would stay in our backpack and we'd put a little applesauce in our water so you know because it gets hot and it's gross right but if you put applesauce in your water then it tastes like hot cider when it gets hot actually so that's a little backpacking like save money on on trips uh tip but um so that's how we had to travel right and obviously when we're in mallorca where his family was then you know, we have a place to, to stay and eat. My God, the way they feed you. But, <laughs> you know, so, um, so in Mallorca, it was different. But, you know, if we were in other parts of Spain, then we're on our own. So, right. like, um, uh, I had seen, and this is, you know, in the build up to the Euro, in Spain, your average day worker is going to buy their food for the day from their labor, from their pay for the day, mm-hmm. right? And so they will get a stick of bread, um, a couple of tens of tomato paste, right? Maybe a tomato, a small piece of cheese, right? Like this is going to be a day laborer's like food, right? right? And like tomato, cans of tomatoes, for example, like, these little tens of tomato taste that mm-hmm. they'll use to, to spread on their sandwich. Like this, this is just a couple of pesetas. Mm-hmm. And and like one euro penny was like 150 pesetas. Oh gosh! So when one euro penny is more than what someone normally would spend on food for the day, right? You have a problem, right? Right. Right. And so I had said then, this is not a good idea. This is going to cause all kinds of problems, right? Because they're not thinking about the people on the bottom of the social ladder, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And because um, Europe is at a place where there's more of a, they recognize that they're all tied together. And if the people on the bottom aren't doing well, nobody's doing well. And so there's all these trips, 
in the economic system, mm-hmm. right, to make sure that everybody stays together, right? Mm-hmm. So several countries even have like laws about the ratio that the C- the highest paid person will make to the lowest paid. So if the company is doing well, everybody moves up, right? right? It's not like this little staircase stays the same and then there's like the Grand Canyon leap to the CEO salary or something, do you know what I mean? So I, so I knew then there was gonna be massive issues just looking at like a loaf of bread, right. a tin of tomatoes, you know, right. and a small piece of cheese for a day laborer. So when all this hit over there, you know what I mean? Like, and people are like, oh, well, it's because socialism doesn't work. It's like, no, it's because exploiting people doesn't work, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And Greece, and Greece got hit really, really, really badly too, right? And that, um, and that pain of being the one that started it, right? Like Czechoslovakia has the same pain. Like this was the heart of Europe mm-hmm. when Europe rose to what we think of as Europe. Right. 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 Same deal. Yeah. Like, you know, what they're, you know, they're like way over here. Like, oh, okay, well, I guess we'll let you in. You, right. Right. <laughs> that's what I, mean? like, I really, I felt so. That I bully so on the playground feeling again. I yeah. Had so much compassion for Greece. I'm like, here's the country that literally started democracy and they're the stepchild. You know, yeah. and then again, I'm not, I'm not saying that everybody doesn't participate and contribute to their, where they are, because I definitely believe in self responsibility. And at the same time, I had tremendous compassion because uh, the people that were experiencing it and dealing with it on a day-to-day basis yeah. really... Are the ones that are already really vulnerable. Are, you know. Yeah. So it's, it, was, it was quite something. Yeah. It was quite something. And it's interesting, my step... Uh, not my stepfather. My, um, my father-in-law um, is like the picture of the nutty professor or okay. the absent-minded professor. Yeah. And he's bloody brilliant i mean he was on the team that designed the pacemaker oh wow right so like what he's doing now is consulting in shanghai with a company that wants to do some similar bio work so he's helping them navigate the field of how you get licensed and patented for groundbreaking biomedical technology because that's what he does i mean the guy is literally clearly (laughs) <laughs> brilliant brilliant <laughs> and um you know and they like so many books right so like i have certainly found my tribe of book hoarders <laughs> do you know what i mean yes. so many books we found three copies of howard zen's the people's history of america or over oh, yeah. there like so i took you know can we take one of these copies do you mind you know what i mean but um so he actually the last time that i saw him it was like why do they even have greece as being the start of Western civilization. Like they just, it just seems like they picked this arbitrary point in history. And like, he was like, you know, this, Greece was just a continuation of Mesopotamian culture that had been in the area at the time. And so, you know, he does his whole thing about it. Okay. And, <laughs> and I was like, you know, I've thought about that a lot actually. And I really wonder if the reason that Greece got picked as the beginning of Western civilization is because Greece was the beginning of the patriarchy. Ooh. And that apparently blew his circuits <laughs> because he just kind of went, uh. Yeah. And then like left the room or changed the subject or like that was absolutely the end of that conversation, uh-huh. right? It was so yeah. funny. But it's one of those things that I remember like, reading the Greeks in school, mm-hmm. right? Um, 
both in high school and in college. And one of my first impressions, too, was that the Greek philosophers, like, we look at them so often, they're held as being like, oh, the highest of thought, right? But I was seeing them, like, on a platform on the ocean. Like, okay, so depending on where you are, it looks like that's the highest thought. But it's like, I was seeing them as, like, they're they're opening up ideas, but there's way more to go beyond that. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Okay. And, um, and another thing that I had noticed, right, is that there's all this maligning of the sophists and sophistry within Greek philosophy, right? So if you're reading the old Greek teachers, they're constantly railing on the sophists, but very few texts from the sophists actually survived okay right well, that explains why so, i don't know a lot about the sophists right exactly <laughs> very 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 few survived and so there have been times where i've wondered if it wasn't a more intuitive conversation and female-centered way of thinking right conversation mm-hmm. that they were putting down or if it wasn't the kind of stuff that we just experienced for the past two years in the selection cycle i mean they make it sound like that's what it was right like mm-hmm. very emotional and blah blah yeah. blah but it could also have been something else right we don't know right. because we don't have we their text right right but um but it is clear that the romans like saw the greeks as being like these weak little ninnies that they could just roll over and roll over them they did yeah. right right so um like and and fr- so really western civilization is much more like what the romans did after they hijacked greek thought <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And like, Good point. Took it into this hyper masculine realm, right? right? Um, so, um, so it is. So Greece is this is this really interesting place, right? Because it's right on that right on that pivot place of like like connected enough to the old ways mm-hmm. to have you can see much more of the feminine. Yes. Right. And yes. the way that they approach life and the way that they think about things and the way that they. Right. But it was if it if it was the space where they were shifting more into like they made the decision to shift into patriarchy. Right. Right. Well, and the irony there is that because of the whole aspect with Athena. Yeah. And so there is that to me is a very interesting um, irony because. Athena is the patron of Greece, yeah. patroness of Greece, and or of she, Athens. Of yeah. Athens, yeah, Athens. Thank you. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. Um, she's a and so warrior, protector. So it's it, to me, it's very interesting that it really did shift to be more patriarchal when in right. fact. Well, if you think about if you think about her though, right? Because she was not born of a woman. So the mother got left out totally. She was born out of Zeus's head, fully formed. Right. So there was no messy, bloody, shit on the table birth, you know, of the the birth of a mother. The birth from a mother is a messy ordeal. Right. And and the raising of a child is chaos. Yeah. I mean, like, if there's nothing that kids teach you, it's that you are not in control <laughs> of anything, right? And then, of course, like, a big part of that as well is the, um, is the, 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 the nurturance, yeah. right? Like, 
And that's a big part of the work that I do, right? Is mm-hmm. like working with just very intentional self-care yes. to well, reparent ourselves, which is one of the places we have in common, right? right? Like absolutely. to reparent on a cellular level right. and like fill those holes of lack, no matter how well your parents tried to do by you. Right. Like we all grow up with these places of lack and that physical nurturance is yes. one of the ways that we can give that, give that back to ourselves. Athena didn't have any of that. That's true. That is true. Right? So we are carrying the female from the ages before in, Mm -hmm. and she's going to be a very powerful figure, but she's a very, she's certainly like uh, materializing her her masculine aspects. Yes. Much more so. Yeah, very true. Yeah, right. Very true. Yes. And 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 being the goddess of war and strategy and things like that, we mm-hmm. you know we see we see the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, but but yeah, like so that so these places where we can see where it's coming from, right? But there's it's this highly masculinized version of version of, of it. Correct. Yeah. 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 Interesting. That's interesting. Oh, stop. Okay, so um, since we got into this place on like the beginnings of democracy and the beginnings of patriarchy, yeah. uh, here we are at the end of democracy. I mean, it's one or either, right? It's either the end of the patriarchy or the end of the democracy, or maybe oh. it's both. I don't know. I feel like I watched Democracy Commit Suicide this month. Um, and and it has been devastating, right? Like uh, a lot of people are still dealing, right? Don't really know how to talk about this yet. Yeah. There's this like, I feel like okay, I don't know if I'm ready to talk about this in an elevated way. Um, well, everybody's process. I mean, first of all, what I've been really struck by is the amount of emotion. Period. Yeah. The amount of reaction, no matter what your view is, the amount of reaction. And to me, I really have a a viewpoint of I'm more of an observer because I live as a spiritual being in a human body, right? So I have both, right? We're both. And so for me, I am always watching and observing how we're triggered. And it is our psyche. It's the basic primal aspects of being human it's fear it's security it's all that stuff and so i was i truly was shocked because i frankly i didn't even think it was possible Uh. um i i i i have aspirations for our country um to be the best of what were possible when i think of the forefathers when i think of democracy when i think of how we started and I always think of like George Michael's let's take these lies and make them true somehow. Like that's how I feel about the constitution. Right. I recognize they were big fat lies when they laid them down on paper, but, but they were so beautiful. And I really feel like it, it was this, like every awake heart has that call. Right. That ass it's, it's aspiration, right? It's, it is to become the best of ourselves. Right. And so what I was really, so for me, I mean, truly, I just, I mean, I never put, I don't post negative things because that's not who I am. I am a bridge. I am here 
and I can always see the best in something because that's who I am. I can find the best thing. And I don't mean that um, I'm Pollyanna because I'm not, but I am, I know that inherent, it, good is inherent because of the fact that we are not just human, we are human beings with this divine intelligence that sustains our very life. There is something that animates the planet, the universe, us, that is beyond our mental psyches and our emotional attachments and triggers that is those other aspects of us. And so that's the place I operate from. Right. And, and that's... Well, like, and I get, like, right, that these that's folks like, have, like, they've got a lesson they need to learn. And I, I mean, I'm from the South, so... So I know we have this really, I grew up on this nasty underbelly. I've got fam, yeah. people, I'm sure there are people in my family that voted for Trump. Because I have people in my family that still use the N-word yeah. on a regular basis. So um, I had so hoped that there were enough that had moved forward. Right. Right. Because right. like every time I go home, it's like going into a time warp. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Like these things will come and I'm like, whoa, dude, I haven't heard that sentiment since like 1996, you know, like yeah. it, it. So it's it's amazing. Like, you know, my my dimension is evolving and I keep picking up these these, you know, moving into people that are that are evolved. But there are these other dimensions that are just kind of staying where they always were. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and so so. So the fact that that's still there wasn't a shock to me. The fact that more people weren't mobilized to move against it was the shock yeah. for me. Yeah. And, I, right. and frankly, I just didn't even think it was possible. Mm. Because, I mean, in my, in my thought about it, it was like, surely, surely we do not want someone to represent the United States of America who espouses so much... Um, exclusivity and so much just frank negativity and hate against other people and you know no matter what you if you know you can say it's an you can say it's an act you can say it's you know it's all kinds of stuff but I mean to to espouse that and yeah. to be so human about it in such a powerful position right. knowing that um, it speaks to that underbelly in everybody else, and that how is that going to be? It's like helpful? giving the id the how, microphone. Right? Yeah. It's like, how could it be helpful? I, well, it's one of the things that I think for the people that support him, um, this is not this is not a population that learns from history and Wisdom. like other people's <laughs> stories and right. That's not real for them. Right. Right. So they need grounded sensual experience yes. to be able to learn those lessons, right? right? Like, I, I understand that. I just really wish there was a way that they could have their grounded sensual experience no. and not drag the rest of us into it. And, you know, like, there's this, um, there's this chapter in the Quran called The Cave that's very metaphysical. It's very metaphorical. Jung did a, an entire uh, treatise on it, mm -hmm. right? And there's this character in there called Dul Alkanine, which basically means the two-horned man, right? Mm -hmm. So I see this very, like, archetypal, divine, masculine, like, forest man. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. that's what I see. And um, 
there's several different little vignettes. I mean, there's several, Moses is in the, like, there's all these things that are, it's an amazing, it's an amazing chapter. Um, but there's this one vignette with Dul Akanayan where he comes into this valley and all this, I mean, it's just, it's chaos. It's America in the last two years during this election. And so, um, the people are asking Dul Arkanai, like, what are we going to do, right? Like, there's all these people doing all this wickedness. And other people are like, yeah, but there's all these people doing all this good, you know. And he basically says, let the wicked have their due. Let the good have their due, right? Like, and as opposed to the sort of, like, Old Testament Bible version of like, okay, well, we've got these people in the town that are having problems and here's Lot or Abraham begging for the entire village to not be shattered. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, but even if there were 15, would you still save them, right? Like that was the sort of like beg and deal with God in the Old Testament. And then, you know, so now we get into like Abraham 3.0, right? (laughs) And, And the thing is, well, you know what? Let the guys that have been seeding seeding hatred get their due, and let those that have been seeding love get their due, right? And I and I oh, I wish there was some way for that to happen. Yeah, I'm not kidding. And that's that's really the that's the part that I mean, literally, when you say that, it just it grips my heart. It literally does because if there like really how that can transpire without having right. it be really um totally what everybody fears yeah right and so it's like i don't know whether that's like is that my mind knowing a little too much about socio-political economic yeah. cycles yeah, to yeah. be able to like release it and think that there's some way for this bubble right because a lot of the critique that's been coming out has been oh it's these west coast elites living in a bubble and i think you could just as easily say rural america is living in a bubble right i mean anybody can argue their perspective for sure right and we're all walking i mean we're and we're all walking around in our own dimensions i mean we really are exactly right you know it was one of those things i used to hear all the time yes totally well i i remember when i was a kid right like people would always like oh you're always walking around in your own little world and in my like late teens, early twenties, I started saying, "Well, your world obviously sucks. So why would I go there? Like, mine is better. way better." So. Well, and it's funny because we all do feel that, right? Like we feel like we got it figured out. We know, you know right. and that's what is really makes it really interesting when you're talking about billions of different people with right, different yeah. perspectives and different belief systems. It is. It's just fascinating and. And I, I mean, at the same time, it's been very challenging for me. I mean, when we even started yeah. to talk about whether or not we're going to have this conversation, it, for me, because I am a bridge, because I do um, always find, I mean, I, I can say in my, in my beliefs, in my heart of hearts, I know that everything is always for the highest good. But to be honest with you, I haven't figured out what the hell that is yet in this scenario because yeah. uh, I don't, I can't see yeah. I can't see how what is in this moment is love. I can't see how it is inclusive. I can't see how uh, I can't see how it's it's going to bring people together. I can't see that yet. Yeah. I'm hoping I like right. pray, I, I literally am praying and I have been praying for the last year and a half for consciousness to come into the minds and hearts of leaders in business in government, right. in politics, in everybody, because 
we are one, we are humanity. That's, that is one group. Yeah. We're a species. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you can, you can parcel it out to whatever minor little increment of comfortability you have in terms of this is us and we like us and everybody else. I mean, I, the whole thing of, you know, every, whoever's going to go to hell because we got to figure it out and everybody else is going to hell never made sense to me in the first place. I'm an inclusive. I see us really as what, you know, what happens, how we choose is, you know, the macro is the micro. The micro is the right. macro. The personal so is political. The personal is political. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, the best I could do, the best I could do was to say, I'm in shock. Deal with my emotions. Allow myself to have my emotions of anger, yes. fear, um, you know, resistance. Uh, just resentment. Resentment. Just like what? Now I got to clean this shit up. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Like, I had this like visceral, visceral reaction of like, no, right? Like, no, I have been here too many times. We have done this path too many times. Like I am not doing again. I did. I did not sign up for this. Right. And yet I know I did cause I'm here. Yeah. Right. And there's this Tori Amos line where she says, tuck your pigtails under your helmet, you raised your hand for the assignment, right? And like, so, <laughs> yeah, so it's like, Ugh! so I, so I know I'm here and I know I need to grapple, right? And, and making space for all of the emotions, yeah. right? Yeah. Because I think, um, you know, there's, there's some camps that are like fury and nothing but fury. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm, you know, I get it. And that's probably the place where I feel most comfortable. Like my, all of my warriors are like awake and, yeah. and have their spears in hand right now. Right. right? Um, and I had one of my ancestors come visit yesterday morning and turned into a bear. I had been holding this tension in my jaw that was so intense that it started causing ear aches, right? And um, she showed up yesterday morning, got me out of bed. And um, so I'm doing my my meditation and travel with her and she turned into a bear and like showed me that like my pain was because I haven't been roaring, right? And gave me this like jaw unhinged, like bears even you can see them shift their jaw in different directions right Right. as they're doing this massive roar and sure enough i did and (laughs) bless bless jason his cotton socks right like because i was roaring like all night last night and i feel so much better right like there's still a little bit of pain there but it's almost all gone Um, so like there's those that are like, just, you need to be furious about everything. Right. Right. Um, there's other people saying, well, this is all just part of the process. It's all for the greater good. You know, don't sink into the fear. And I don't know. I, I, I'm like, I I don't know how evolved and spiritual it is to like minimize people's very legitimate fear right now. Right. right? We have enough historical precedent to know what happens when people talk like this. Yeah. Right. Um, Southern Poverty Law Center released as of yesterday morning. I'm sure it's grown since then. But as of like there were 437 reported hate crimes, reported hate crimes. A lot of people don't report the stuff that happens to them. Right. But there were 437 reported hate crimes in five days. Holy crow. Right. So 
like he's not even in office right, yet. Right, right. <laughs> right. And and the bullies that elected him that that recognized the their bully leader. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Um are uh they recognize him and feel empowered by this. Right. Like he doesn't even hands have his hands on the steering wheel yet and people don't feel like they have to hide this stuff anymore. Right. So like so to pretend like that fear isn't real. Yeah. Um well and there's I think there's that's a very valid point because again if we're both human and divine and we're both human and spirit then there there is the human side of it mm -hmm. and so and what i know as a as a therapist that the body is our subconscious mind yeah so if you do not experience and and release your emotions yes you know if you do not do that your body will be wearing it for you your body will yeah. hold whatever you can't psychologically handle. Yes, yes. It does, that's what it yeah. does. It's our subconscious mind. If you wanna know what's going on in your head that you don't pay attention to, all you gotta do is look down below your neck and you can see. If you have pain in your body, you will have evidence of what your body's trying to, has right. been holding, the burden it's been holding for you. Yeah. So the fact that you did roar, I commend it because it is about letting it out. Yeah, because it's it, very mean, much about letting like, it out. Right. It, it, and finding to a healthy emote. way to emote. Right, to emote, right. exactly. To emote instead and of emote. Right, right. Exactly. right. And implode, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so to do that in a healthy way, though. And that's yeah. really what's interesting to me in, the, in, my, in my observer mode, right? I, I watch how, how the system, the political system, and I mean, people don't even realize that half of the the half of the, the the purpose of getting people riled up is to keep them distracted. Yeah. And so if you can get people all when they are totally so in their emotional state that they are not even thinking or stopping to think, then you pre pretty much it's a heyday. And so that's to me the whole what what really has always uh, bothered me about how politics today in our country is it's you know whether you want to talk about the reality tv shows it started it's like it triggers people it literally on a physiological level anytime you 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 ramp up people's emotions you are giving them a fix right and if it's an emotion that they have that their body is used to getting it literally is it's just like a line you might as well have an iv in my arm that says for anger or for resentment or for whatever it is and so we are constantly, we are constantly, our bodies are physically looking for that. So now if you set yourself up and you're listening to people who are whipping up that emotion in you about whether, whatever it is, if it's, if it's, you know, bigotry, if it's injustice, it doesn't matter which one it is, but if it is giving you your fix, your, your physiology is, is literally looking for that. Right. So it, it, it really, it short circuits people's ability to stop and pay attention to be present in their bodies and to be present with how am i feeling about this right and to like recognize that the feeling itself and digging down on that i mean there's a reason that that gets triggered yes right so like one of the things that i had discovered for myself over the past couple of weeks and i did a a post on it in Pantsuit Nation, and I've got another one coming about some other stuff that's been coming up, um, was recognizing, because there was a lot of shaming of the coastal elites, quote unquote, mm -hmm. right? right. right? Um, and so of like, you know, you guys are in your bubble or whatever. And so 
um, and that the coastal elites uh, weren't in touch with the middle of the country. But a lot of the quote-unquote coastal elites came from the middle of the country. Exactly, yes. Um, I was one of those people that came from the middle of the country and was bullied out of town, right? So I had to go to a place where people didn't always tell me what a freak I was and what a weirdo I was and to quit daydreaming and do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like oh, well, like, just because you're smart, you know, you know you're smart. You don't have to let anybody else see it. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, this kind of crap. Yeah, yeah. anything so, you're out of the don't, don't, if you don't conform, then we're going to make it really uncomfortable for you. Yeah, totally. So that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so yeah, like being yeah. bullied out of the, bullied out of that place. And so... When all these, and maybe there are people that have absolutely no contact with rural ex-urban America, and they do need to learn how to listen and recognize that those are actual people that love their kids, and right. But they're my family, so I already know that. Right, right. right. <laughs> I already know that. Right. Like their kids are my cousins. Right. You know. So, um, like, but it, um, like, recognizing. That one of the reasons that I, first of all, I've already had all these conversations with, with them over and over again, all of my life, mm -hmm. right? Like 48 Christmas dinners and Thanksgiving yeah. dinners <laughs> have been these conversations, right. do you know what I mean? And so, um, so I've already had those conversations with them. And, and so being, being told like, oh, you need to learn to understand them. You like, no, no, no. Like th the reason I have a hard time hearing this and why I'm not accepting a lot of what I hear as excuses, right? Like, oh, they were, this is a mandate for change. No, it wasn't because we reelected all the incumbents. Right. If we wanted change, none of the incumbents would have kept their seats. So this right. is not about change, right? right? Um, this is about electing the bully to run the schoolyard. And, and I did hear people say, like, oh, well, he's like the bully that beats the other bully, other bullies up. It's like, mm -hmm. then you're, then you're under the bully. Like, don't you understand yeah. that? Like, right. so, so, um, like, because I've had those conversations, like the reason I can't hear this is because I just hear the bully in the schoolyard. Right. And I'm not interested in listening to the bully anymore. Right. Right. And I also know that the bully is not empowered until everyone, like they have to have people stay silent. Right. So like that was my birthday wish in mid-October <laughs> um, because we, we did a podcast on, we had a community sharing circle after like the pussy grabbing comment, right? Yeah. We had a community sharing circle and used that as a ceremony template here on Kitchen Table Alchemy. So mm -hmm. if you go back to the episode, Yes, All Women, right? We turned off the mic when we were sharing so that other people could use that podcast as, as a template to have their own sharing circle, oh, right? Oh, very cool. So... Um, and it was really powerful to have women around the table talking about all these experiences where we'd been assaulted. And it's the kind of stuff that we haven't talked about because, quote unquote, nothing happened. Yeah. Why? Because we weren't actually raped or there wasn't penetrative rape. Right. So nothing happened, which is crazy, of yeah. course, yeah. because something does happen right. if you're walking through the schools of your junior high and between every single class... Right. Your your boob and your boobs and your butt are being grabbed. Right. If you're coming right. home with bruises on your on your on your boobs and butt every night because this is what happens six times a day. Right. Of course, that's something is happening. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So to talk about that was so empowering and to be in the space of, you know what? We're not going to be silent anymore. 
right? This is not going to be something that we're going to let people joke about. Right. This is not something we're not going to talk about anymore. This is not, we're tired of carrying this weight, yeah. right? Yeah. So my birthday wish in mid-October was that more women felt empowered to share those stories and to not put up with it and say something in the workplace and not laugh at the joke and right. do you know what I mean? Quit saying I'm sorry when you're not sorry and right. have no reason to be. Um, and then also that the men that always felt sick to their stomachs when they saw this kind of crap going down mm -hmm. or when they heard someone bragging about it, right. right? That they would also speak up. Right. Right? Because they're they're like when we're talking about this bully circle, we're talking about one jerk in the middle. Yeah. Right. Um, and we're talking about maybe two or three guys that, that do feel the same way, but aren't as aggressive. Right. At, so they're, you know, like their best way to not have to face the full bully is to be his best bud, yeah, right? Be his wingman. Yeah, yeah. Um, and maybe one other guy, but really like outside of that tiny little triangle, yeah. everyone else is pretty uncomfortable with what's going on right. and is moving against their heart. Yes. Right. Yep. They feel sick. They don't like what they see happening, but they don't want to say anything because they don't want to be the next one on the plate. Right. 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 And I, I, I feel like really pulling down into those emotions and being willing to be vulnerable and fully feel those things happening up in us as they come up. Right. Yes. Yes. Gives us the opportunity to heal from it. Yes. And then and release it and release it. Yes. And as adults decide that we're not going to live in that drama in our heads anymore. Right. Right. right? Yeah. Because it is those experiences that continue to to run our programs. Yes. And it is. And that is the trigger. That is why we get triggered by current circumstances. It's not the 48 year old self who's getting triggered it's the however old she yeah. was yeah that's who's getting triggered yeah absolutely and so i you know in that sense if you want to say that there's some good out of this yeah if, if people could actually, oh it's it is hitting all of our yes, triggers like we have a profound triggers. opportunity yeah. to to shift this internally right yeah, now yeah very right? much i don't know what the answer is on the outside yeah i i really don't know what the yeah. answer is on the outside but but I do see the, the stone in front of me right now that looks stable enough to stand on. Exactly. The stone. mist hasn't cleared for the rest yet. But the stone in front of me is we have this profound opportunity right now to experience those triggers fully. Yes. Release them, shift them and, and act in a different way. Right. right? And, and, and the beauty to me of that is when you truly do that, when you truly feel your emotion, you connect with it where it is in your body. So yeah. if you know, and that's what I invite people to do is when you're having that experience, the idea is, is that you sit with and really just take your mind, take your awareness into your body and you ask yourself, is it in my throat? Is it in my chest? Is it in my, in my solar plexus? It is in my gut. Is it in, is it in my pelvis? Where is it? And if you can ask yourself that and feel it, there's so many different great release techniques. Uh, one of them is the Sedona method, which is seeing an open window in front of wherever you feel that constriction. And so what you do is you picture a beautiful, fully open window in front of you and you feel it. And then imagine you are just flowing that intense energy right out the window. And it is because that's really what emotions are. They're pent up energy. Yeah. 
Yeah. So when we can feel them yeah. and let them go, then what you can see is you are not your emotion. Yeah. It is an energy that is living trapped in your body. That constriction is is it saying to you, let me out, let me out, let me out. So it affords the opportunity for that trigger for you to, for us all to look at what they are, because we all have them. Yes. To look at them, to allow them to come up, and then to thank them for the lesson. And it, you know, it sounds very, um, it sounds very cliche, right? Oh, let me think I'm fine the lesson. It's like, well, it sucks. It feels bad. So it does suck and it does feel bad. So my perspective is don't hold on to it. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, we, totally. we keep ourselves bound by our old experiences because we don't let them go or, you know, it's, it's become right. who we are. It's our identity. Yeah. And so if you can. And we're not stopping to listen to that experience. Right. right? So this, these sort of, um, these buzzwords that get passed around, if we can take them and look at them on like a deep psycho spiritual level. Right. Right. So if people are saying, oh, you need to listen, you need to listen, we need to listen, you're not listening. Right. right? Then, okay, then our message is on the inside. Start listening to ourselves. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. Let that experience come up. Fully let it listen, not in the frame of the story that we've devised about it since. Correct. Right. Correct. But to like really, which means we have to feel the feeling. Right. 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 So, um, and this is interesting because I, uh, uh, there was a friend of mine, um, one of my best buds in, in Memphis forever, right? And he did phrenology, right? So it was like looking at the bumps on the head. Okay. And so he was like doing a reading on me and he said, oh, this is so strange because this isn't how I know you actually. And I was like, what was it? He's like, well, it's saying that you don't feel your emotions. You talk, you think about your emotions. You don't feel them. And I was like, oh no, that's totally what I do. Right. And so it's one of those ways that we can trip ourselves out. Right. 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 Like spending a lot of time analyzing our right. emotions. Right. Or, or is not the same as not feeling, feeling our emotions. And, and yeah. here's the, the coolest thing about feeling your emotions. Guess what? Guess how long an emotion lasts? Yeah. My experience is about five to 10 minutes maximum. And that's for something that's been building through lifetimes. Okay. Okay. Because <laughs> here's, here's what I can tell you. Seriously, what I can tell you in, in based on my experience my 16 years working with lots of people um my experience is if you can stay present with an emotion so present is very different from going into the story and then getting triggered and wrapped up right because that's not feeling the emotion either no so it's it is it's like when you whip yourself up into it it can last days right 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 when you actually can be present and just observe it and feel it it's 90 seconds Mm. that's it yeah. So if you say, okay, I'm going to allow myself to, I'm, I'm, put a and timer that's on the, your phone. That is in the moment. Yeah. Right. So like when you're clearing out old stuff. So the stuff yeah. that, that's been triggering for this now, mm-hmm. if you're clearing out old, it may take longer. Yeah, right? it may. And, and my, my experience, like my first major clearing, yeah. I think it was 15 or 20 minutes. and. Yeah. I understood the Tibetan Book of the Dead yes. at this point. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like it was so horrible. And, you know, thank goddess I was in a second story apartment because if I had been on a high rise, I don't know that I wouldn't have run off the balcony to get away from it because it was yeah. so painful. Yeah. But I'm somebody with a history of physical, sexual, spiritual, and emotional abuse in this lifetime to say nothing of how many times I've been chased by pitchfork wheeling mobs in past <laughs> lifetime. So, so, you know, so all this stuff was coming was loose that I wasn't 
able to feel the time they were having that they were happening right, because my right. little six-year-old psyche would have exploded into a million little pieces yeah, right yeah, yeah. um so so all that stuff was coming up i was feeling the terror the fear the the helplessness that like all of that right? right it was horrible and i felt these two presences on either side of me almost holding me down on the couch mm-hmm. and they just kept saying you're a grown-up now you've survived this we're just cleaning this stuff out you were you're a grown-up now you survive this you're safe you're fine yeah. you're on a couch in brighton england you're fine you're safe as this stuff is flying through, through me right. um but i totally understood this concept of like tibetan book of the dead where like different species are parading in front of you while you're reliving the emotional experience of your life and depending on how good or bad it was yeah you could jump into whatever to get away from it do you know what i mean so um yeah it was it was horrific it really was and that's not something that i sugarcoat by any stretch of the imagination because that's an experience because it was powerful yeah yeah and it left me this like crumpled mess on the floor and i cried for about two hours afterwards right Mm -hmm. to like get the little last residue or whatever but woke woke up the next morning and felt like I had dropped three planets like I was so light yeah and free yeah. right yeah and I learned that I don't that was absolutely the worst experience I've ever had with an emotional release right and it, it was 15 20 minutes and I learned from that that it didn't kill me right and it's not something for me to be afraid of right right so so practicing then I had to practice just letting the emotions come right and so and these are all like survival tactics that i had developed in this environment with two alcoholic parents that were narcissistic sociopaths right like this election cycle has triggered a lot for me i would imagine and so (laughs) so um like these were a lot of things that i developed in that space right Right. and and seeing the light was another one of them this is one of the things that i raged about the other night actually um because I, I stayed focused on, that's how I got through that, mm-hmm. right? I had to see the light in my parents. And, but, but the, I think the trick now that a lot of people are going to have to learn how to do is to also see the shadow, right? Right. And, and believe narcissistic <laughs> sociopaths when they tell you you're go- they're going to do something. Yeah. Right. Don't say they don't mean it. Right. Don't pretend like they didn't say it. Right. Don't act like it's not that big a deal or it could never happen here. Right. Really? Are we looking at the system and thinking it's so strong? Come on, people. (laughs) Let's get real here for a second, you know? So like, so that's the, the thing that I'm seeing now. Like, yes, there's light, but people have to choose to express that light. Yes. Every human has light. Like, if, if you don't have it, you, you, you die, yeah. right? I mean, that's how that works. Yeah. But, but we all get to choose whether or not we're going to express that. Very much so. And I think I was probably in my mid-30s before I actually recognized that, right? Because I kept getting these relationships with these guys that had these beautiful flames deep, deep, deep inside of them. And oh, oh, if they would just release it. Yeah. And if I could help them bring it yeah, to the Lord. surface. <laughs> yeah, the savior part doesn't really help. That doesn't really work very well. If I shine my light bright enough, they'll find it. You know, like, yeah. I mean, that was the world I lived in for a very long time. And when I, when I realized, it was actually a friend of mine that had said, um, 
you know, was mad about something. And this guy was actually one of the, like, you know, the big love in Holland, right? But this friend of mine was really angry about something he had said or done. There was lots to choose from. And, um, and so I was like, oh, but, you know, he's been through all this stuff. And, you know, he was a refugee and he had been through horrific Right. Things I can't even imagine, right? Um, and she's like, you know what? You, you've also been through a lot of crap, but you're not making those decisions. So how come he gets a cut? How come he gets a break? Right. Why isn't he? Why being, is it okay for him to act that way? Yeah. Right? Why? Why? Why right. isn't he being held to the same standard that you are when right. you're both in this relationship together? So, um, so it was like, oh, I hadn't thought about that. Well, I'll, I'll turn on that for a while, right? And I did. It was one of those ideas that just kept, like, bouncing around inside and, you know, like, this agitation that turns into the pearl, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, and, uh, and, and so I did start waking up to this reality of, like, okay, yes, it is there for everyone. Absolutely. And we had an episode called Rider to Rider, right, where we're looking to talk to that light and, like, from our light to the other person's light right. and not start having conversations with the horse right. or let the horses talk to each other. Right. 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 Like, right. So, um, so there's definitely that there, but then we have to acknowledge that the horse is there too. Correct. And, and watch their behavior, their word choices, their action, you know, right? Like well, that lets us know where their choices are. Very much. And, and so then that's the thing is like when you look at congruency to me, it's like, People can say whatever they're going to say, and when their words and their vibrations and their actions are, it's, are congruent, whatever direction that congruency is, yeah. that's, that's important to know. Yeah, that absolutely. is seriously important. It's to know. really important to pay attention to. Yeah. yeah and my- so it's not about just because to have a belief in the light and the divine and the good that's within everybody does not mean you negate right. what you see. Yes. In people. And, right. and and what they prove themselves, how they right. demonstrate. Yeah, absolutely. How they demonstrate. Yeah. Because and and the when you were talking to your point earlier about what people say and saying it's okay, the vi- everything is vibration. And so words have, as we've seen, words have extreme right. power. Yeah. They have extreme power. And then if you take emotion behind those words and then you take action behind those emotions and those words, that is how how things can either be extraordinarily amazing yeah. and the best can come out or it could be the worst can come out yeah. in humanity. Yeah. And so I agree with you that it, you know, to me, the fine line is holding myself and keeping my own groundedness. So I'm not working from reaction. Right. I'm working from clarity to see. I'm working from clarity to be mindful, to pay attention so that I can be clear about what's going on. Yeah. You know, I'm not blinded by my own um, resentment. I'm not blinded by my own shock. I'm not blinded by my desire and love that humanity would actually act more like our spiritual self rather than no, our human right? like, Come on, you guys. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's... We talked about this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's just, it's, but it's finding that balance because... Yeah. Because to me, the most critical thing about people who are conscious is that we have a capacity that plenty of people who are not don't have. 
Right. And so that's where, like, okay, that's where as warriors of the light, if you want to call it, we, there is, we have a capacity to step up in a different way. And it's being able to deal with the shadow, but deal with the shadow from a place where we don't just become the shadow and it ends up being this, you know, the war. Yeah. Right. No, I mean, totally. it's like, for me, it's about keeping that groundedness and keeping my center so that I can still remain peaceful, even though I might be active. Right. Yes. So it's like staying peaceful and staying grounded allows you to act in a way that is much more effective. Yeah. Which is much more mobilizing. I mean, if you if, if we talk about all the people who are upset right now and that are can't fathom that this is even possible. Well, how do we take that energy? First, we have to process it. First, we have to deal yeah. with our emotions. Yeah. We gotta go, okay. All right. Let's get our bearing so that we can then be what apparently we're going to need to be. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, it, and to do it in a way that isn't about trying to bully the bully back. But it is taking the power that is far greater than that. It's not being afraid of the bully either. Right. Yeah. Right. And, um, and I think, too, like, this is one of the things that, uh, that got triggered for me this week um, that I, you know, another post is forthcoming, um, is the way that um, silence was used, right? Like, play nice. Yeah. Yep. Don't cause waves. Right was used to keep me as the abused silent. Right. So that the abuser could continue to do what they do. Right. Right. Um, and I now have family members. Um, this is over the past year. I now have family members on both sides of my family mm -hmm. in jail for, for sexual predatory crimes. Right. Like, this is a problem. Yeah. But I was made to feel like I was the problem for talking about it. Right. I was right, the one. bringing up the problem yeah. making people aware of it. Exactly. Right. right. And this is the same thing that I'm seeing happen, right? Like, I've heard people say that Obama caused racism in this country. So, so apparently, like, being a racist isn't the problem. Pointing out the racism is, is the, the problem. problem right. right. And so, like, the bullies are running the schoolyard. Those are bully roles. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. Those are bully roles. Yeah. Because that's not actual reality. Right. Right. So... But I was the one that was told to play nice. Yeah. Not the abuser. Right. When they're the one who's actually not playing nice. Right. <laughs> right. Right. But I was the one that was told to play nice. And then it got like compacted at church where like these misinterpretations of Jesus's teachings were used. And I was told that I needed to forgive and reconcile. Right. right, right. When there is nothing in Jesus's life that shows that he was willing to work with bullies. Right. Right. He fought with the religious legalists who had combined power with the colonialist imperialists. That's who he fought right. his entire life. He got, he had the shortest mission of any Abrahamic prophet, right? Yes. It got him pinned to a cross within three years. Right, right? Right, like, right. So it is a short, it is a very short path. Right. Um, but I think too, this, this like, Oh, you need to play nice. Oh, we need to all work together. Right. Like, well, you know, that sounds, that sounds really good if what you're talking about is somebody who is actually um, promoting playing together. That's very different. If you're talking about let, let, us, let us work together, if it's coming from a place who's uh, someone who's demonstrated that that's what they're about, right? that's very different. Oh, yeah. But now to say, oh, now just come on board and this is going to be good. Um, yeah, I know. 
Uh, I'm not feeling that. No. 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 I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to play by the bully's rules. Well, and you're, and yeah. you know, you're, you're talking about conformity, and you're talking about the pressure of conformity, and that really is a very, um, you know, it's it's the under the carpet kind of way to get people to go along with something that's not acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so I can hear why you would be so triggered for, you know, and it was so overwhelming in the trigger. I mean, I know so many people who I have never in my life experienced any election where people literally sat on the couch and cried, cried for, for the whole night, cried, cried I mean, myself to sleep, cried all day yeah. the next day. Right. I've never. And it feels that. like every day is a new, do you know what I mean? So like trying to stay on top of this feel those emotions and release them with a, okay, like, let's, let's dig down. You know, I'm not going to like separate the, like, oh, let's look this rationally. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, no, no, no. But, so what does this remind me of? What, right. what does this feel like? What is going on here? Like, ah, no, this is, this is the abusers t- or the family telling me I have to play nice with my abuser right. or I am the problem. Right. Right? right. Or like, you know, this happened on a thread yesterday. Someone made some comment about, People are always looking for rationales to, uh, to avoid the reconciliation that Christ calls us to. And that, boom, new boil bust. Do you right, know what I mean? Right. Just like, oh, no, 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 I fell for this once. Yeah. <laughs> do, yeah. do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, do this to me once, yeah. shame on you. Do it to me twice, shame on me, shame on me right? Like, no, 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 I'm not... This is what this feels like, and so I'm not I'm not gonna shove this part down in me again. Right. And and this idea of, um, like, oh, we shouldn't be feeling any fear, right? So I think a lot of people are using that to like go to sleep, and pretend like there's nothing to be afraid of. Right. Like, no, there are things to be afraid of. Like, gross injustices are coming. I can hear the goose the goose step. You know, like, but. Um, that needs to be afraid of, but does it mean that I cower in conformity because I'm afraid of that? Yeah, no. Right? And or does it mean I refuse to let this happen on my watch without me being able to say that I did everything that I knew how in the moment? Do you right. know what I mean? Like, right. like, like, pick what you're going to be afraid of. Right. Right. And then, <laughs> and then, and then, you said, and then you know, work with that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, are you going to be afraid of the bully yeah. or are you going to be afraid of having to come back and do this again? Because, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. ran and hid in another potato bin. Yeah. You know? Well, and you know, it's so interesting because going to your point again about feeling stuff and going deep with it, one of the things that I feel is so important is if you're going to do that, do yourself a favor. Don't keep turning on the TV. Don't keep going. Don't go to all the posts that you know are going to add to that fire. Deal with it. Right. But don't keep adding into the fix of that emotion because you're not helping yours. I don't believe we help ourselves when we actually sit with yourself, deal with it, feel it, and then release it. But just to keep going back to the well and getting more of that same poison. Right, 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 right. Is not actually getting any close. I don't feel any closer. Yeah. No, to and I agree with it. that too. So, so it's like, having that, having that, because then. Yeah. Cause we don't watch, do, we don't watch broadcast news anyway. Yeah. Right. But like, um, and my Facebook feed, like a lot of the people that were my friends that are our Trump supporters got unfollowed a long yeah. time ago. Yeah. Right. So yeah. this, these are things that are popping up 
like with people that have made that call. Right. Yep. Right. Right. Um, and and one of their friends makes a comment or do you know what I mean? Like yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. So 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 like um, and there has been. Um, so I think that's that's the thing is recognizing that you can take these these ways to to border off things like don't. And I and I know that there are people that that they do. They watch Fox, Fox News because because they. Um, they're like, you know what? You have to know how the other side is thinking right. if you're going to yeah. strategize, yeah. right? Yeah. So like, so I know that there are people that have that as, as what they do. Right. Um, well, I, think there, I think there are a lot of different ways for people to deal with it because we're all different. Right, 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 right. right. So whatever your, whatever your way to be present is, right? And I, I mean, I know some really logical people. I have a friend of mine. He is, I swear to God, he is like one of the most logical people I've ever met in my life. And he is very clear-minded. And he's very grounded and he's very spiritual. And he's like, he, he really does, he just watches everything and then uses that information, but he's able to watch it without having it take him down. And so that's really what I'm speaking to is just be informed, know what we're contending with, be aware, and but do it from a place that does empower us, you know, right. empower you rather than the place that takes you down. And that's where I think because it is so emotional for everybody it's very easy to if you're not used to grounding yourself you are but if for people who are not used to grounding themselves no that's true they'll just take themselves over the edge and then meanwhile then there are a heap on the floor can't do squat for a week in their own lives in their own anything you know so it's like how do you process how can you like give yourself the tools like i'm going to share with mine because this is what i needed to do what I needed to do was um, Tuesday night during the election, I watched some of it. I watched enough of it for me to feel like I, I was like, okay. And now what I'm going to do is I'm going to fortify myself. I'm not staying up all night to watch this. I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to get sleep. I am going to wake up and I'm going to meditate in the morning. I meditate. I did my ritual that works for me. I meditated. I worked out before I turned the TV on. Yeah, that's every morning for me. And yeah. I did that because I know that I'm got to have a place of center got, where you start. I got to have yeah. I got to have grounding for me to be able to contend with the world. Yeah. Because that's yeah. what allows me to be able to still see the good in people. It allows me to still not be a raving maniac and just react to everything. And even with doing that, and I'm I am extremely strong and grounded in myself. I've been I've been practicing my practice for many years and with that said I was still in shock yeah and so when I look at how people are whether it's you know 9-11 being shown over and over and over and over again and just like you know hitting the you know PTSD in over and over and over again making sure you had it whether you did or not yeah you know it's like that Mm -hmm. is a form of you know, I'm in my view. It's a frame of it's a form of brainwashing. From, yeah, and, and because a, and emotional you, abuse, really. Yeah. yeah, and as long as you keep buying into that and allowing yourself to ha- to be subjected to that, yeah. you know, we have the power to choose how much we partake of something, how much we watch something, how much we absorb in. So for me, it's about finding my balance between being aware, knowing what's going on. And how I handle things, how I can take assimilate information, but I do it in a way 
that I am being loving to myself. I'm supporting myself. I'm grounding myself because it's only then that I can show up as the best me to contend with yeah. whatever the day holds. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Whether that's in my personal life, my professional life, my life as a citizen of the world, whatever it is. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, I'm running an artist way group right now. Uh-huh. So our calls are on Wednesday and the call last week, um, especially because it was right after, right? Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So everybody's like, oh, what just happened, you know? Um, and so we had a lot of conversations about, right, like finding that way back to the sweet water, right, and making sure that you're drawing from that well yes. before you go into the fray, right? right? And right. taking breaks from the fray yep. to go get more water, right? right? right. So that... that um, and I'm, I was even thinking, I have a book called The Spiritual Activist. Mm. Um, and I was thinking last night that uh, I think I'm going to start it. I don't know if, you know, with the holidays coming up, whether that's something people are going to want. You know what I mean? Like whether yeah. the emotiveness of this time, mm-hmm. people are like, what? I don't care if the holidays are coming. Yes, I will meet weekly to talk about this. but Or whether it's something that's best safe for January. Um, but I, this is something that I feel like one of the things that I really admire about like Martin Luther King Jr.'s movement, right. And Gandhi's movement. I mean, he was building off of Gandhi, of course, is that it was spiritual activism, right. And, um, like coming from this place where I was bullied out of my hometown, like that fire of activism Mm -hmm. is something that I totally understand. And I like the warrior archetype is very strong in me. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also have seen over and over again, right. Like the within progressive circles and activist circles, people burn out fast. Right. Right. And I think that a big, and this is something I talked about when I went through Center for Progressive Leadership, and it wasn't something that leadership had an ear for, right? And maybe, maybe this is part of my role in this time is building this here in this space, right? Um, of like recognizing that, recognizing the role, like a lot of people go into activism because of something that's happened to them and they want to advocate for, for the, for them, for their formal selves, basically. Right. right? Like I want to make sure that no kid ever has to go through what I went through. Right. Right. And that is a really, it's one of the many ways that human beings are so marvelous in turning their pain into beauty. Yes. Right. Like this is really one of the most glorious things about human beings. Like, so, Um, but when we're doing that, if we haven't resolved those feelings fully, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of people feel it to the point of recognizing it's there, finding a plan of action from that story, Mm -hmm. but they haven't necessarily sat with the deep vulnerability in that space because that's a really uncomfortable, scary place to be in. Yes. Right. And, and instead take that fire and Everyone, they're just living what happened to them over and over and over right. and over right. again, which is why they're not effective, right? Right. And we need activists to be effective, Correct. right? Like, it's on the line again, 
right? So, so being able to work through the emotive experiences that cause us to get this direction in the first place, but feel them fully, and then use that spiritual, like use that activism as a spiritual practice, right? right? So that you're learning to, so that you're much more afraid of handing this broken world to your children or those that come after you than you are of what the people will do to you when you stand up to change it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, when you see the pictures of people sitting at the lunch counters and having people wailing on them, right? right, right. For sitting in a chair, right. right? When you see the pictures of beautiful young black girl in a pretty yellow dress walking to school and these adults screaming at her, right? right? Like the level of presence and focus and faith that you have to have in that moment, right? Like that, that takes spiritual practice. And I think that, um, that it's time for the spiritual activists to start finding each other, like the people that understand that, you know what I mean? And I think for myself, I wonder whether, and for some people, maybe conversion is what they need to be busy with, right? Me, I'm looking to talk to those that have eyes to see and ears to hear, right? I don't know that I'm interested in I don't know. I don't know about conversion, right? I was, was raised as an evangelical fundamentalist Southern Baptist. Oh gosh. Like I'm kind of done with conversion. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Like I, I, in my experience, I don't see it as something as being very helpful. Or do you? Know I mean? And I've been converted a couple of times, right. right? So, so as the trying to convert and being converted, right? I've right. like done yeah. that seesaw yeah. for a while, and, and 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 I've gotten to a place where I don't I don't know that conversion. Is something I'm interested in. I don't know how effective it is. Maybe I'm just not good at it. I don't know. Do you right, know what I mean? Right. But um, there are a lot of people that do feel called to convert people to like, hey, let's help them see what they've done here. Do you know what I mean? I want to find the people that already know what just happened and like, let's get together and provide support and comfort and hold space for one another to release those things, hold each other accountable, right? If we're like, hey, I think I think you need to spend some more time journaling on this before we work on a strategy. Right, you know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah, because yeah. that's that's that is what we were just talking about, which is until you are clear in your own space for your own for all your own stuff that gets triggered. Yes. Until we are working on our own things and we can actually be clear enough that it's it is it's an event. It's an event that you can see and you can choose. Okay, I choose not to participate. I choose not to allow that. I choose to take action so that others don't have that experience. But you're doing it from a place of groundedness, right? Not from and power and power exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's really to me that's where empowerment comes from. It comes from when we really are standing in our true self. Because we have felt, experienced, felt, released, and from that, it 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 causes an exponential, like an expansion within ourself that you stand more fully in yourself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's not coming from you know, and that's where it's not bullying, right? So it's not the opposite of like, okay, you know, I'm I'm you wail against, you know, 
whatever, right? And hate crimes, you're wailing against, you know, someone that you feel is not uh, equal with you. It's not that kind of, oh, now I'm going to come back at that because that's right. injustice. But it's, it really, there's a different kind of, and it's, it's like we're talking about this. This is something, I mean, I've been processing. What is this? How is this? How, what is my role? How do I feel about it? You know, because it takes that contemplation. It takes yeah. being present within yourself to say, well, how do I really feel about this? And, yeah. and what is my role? Because every there are different roles. Yeah, lots. You know, and, lots and there's and lots, lots of different of roles. Them. And this is the cool part about it. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Because because you talk about for activists being there's burnout. Well, it is because if you are coming from that place where you are really just trying to prevent yourself from feeling that or anybody else from feeling that, that's not yeah. coming from a place of empowerment, and that well will go empty quick. Yeah, absolutely. Right? But if it is coming from true, the true essence of who you are, right? That has transcended it yeah. then that's a whole nother kind of thing and yes. then when you talk about a group of people that have who, done that work who have done that work that's one level of peace then there's a support of around that there's other people that's not their role yeah you know i mean i know i know that i'm a bridge i know it i can look at my entire life i can see everywhere in my life what have i done i have worked for people who nobody else could even think about working for i have you know whether it's race whether it's religion, whether it's um, belief systems, whether it doesn't matter what the subject is, I was always the one going, well, you know, like, because that's my role. Yeah. And so my thing is to, you know, to know where we fit in. Where's, where's our natural intuition, our intuitive, innate, like, yours is warrior. You like, and, and your experiences have brought that forth. Yeah. You know, just like my whole thing with the with with, you know, working with chronic pain and like I only I only got on that thing because movement was my thing and my body was killing me and I had to figure out a way to do it or I wasn't going to work. Yeah. I didn't do it because I thought, let me think of this brand new idea of how I can, you know, create right. massage. I mean, it wasn't that. Right. No, it is that like one stone at a time it's one is stone revealed <laughs> from it the really mirror. Yes, it is. <laughs> and so and so the the cool thing for me and this is how I'm able to this is how I work with this, which is to say, what is here in the moment? What is here in the moment? Where, what is my work to do right now in this moment? Right. And it's asking from that place of peace where I can tap into my intuition, where I can tap into and I can actually see, I'm seeing, look, at, you know, how are we having this conversation? How are we doing this podcast when we couldn't even get together for a cup of coffee? And now here we are. Right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, real, for months. And here we are having this conversation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's just, you know, being aware and paying attention and seeing who comes into your life. And when you really, you know, start asking the questions of what am I here for? What's my role? And we talk about that, you know, the personal is the political. So, you know, everybody is going to have a different space about it. Yeah. But the more we're able to ground within ourselves, the more we can actually hear it. Yeah, absolutely. And then step forward into that space. But like you said, you know, as a right. warrior, if you're just coming off the energy of fury, that's not going to fuel you for very long. No, no, not, not at all. Not me personally, but I'm just saying, you know, this, that it's we have to come if, if it's going to be sustainable. Yeah, absolutely. Right? You know, and it doesn't a, mean... Having a, a community yeah. where people have different roles... So that, you know, my role is support, my role is a bridge, my role is to help people take care of themselves and listen so they can actually 
do that. Yeah. You know, so it's like we all just have different pieces. Yeah, absolutely. And they all work together. Yeah. They really And, they, and they making sure together. that we're making the space with ourselves in our own lives. Yes. To let whatever comes up come up. Yes. Right? Like and and you know, this is probably repeated on every single episode that we have, but it's one of the things we have to be reminded of over and over and over again is that like whatever the emotion is is not the problem, right? Like the emotion doesn't mean anything other than we're human. Right. And the heart is capable of holding all of them at the same time, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like the brain wants to say, well, why am I so angry if I'm also sad, right? Like, like it doesn't work like that. M- emotions aren't either or scenarios, right? The world of the heart is and and. Right. Right. So, so making space, allowing that to be not, I know for me, one of the things that will still happen quite often is this little voice comes up and goes, where's that coming from? Why do you feel like that? Right. Like there's this little voice that wants to analyze that and and make everything. Why is the the stupidest question in the world (laughs) to ask? And I say that because there is no answer. And all it does is keeps you stuck in the problem. Yeah. No, totally. Like to ask why. Right, and within the twelve-step world, they <laughs> they say that the question "why" is an indicator that you're not accepting what is. Yeah, yeah, very it really is because yeah. very seldom is it an actual inquiry. Right. Usually, it's a protest. Yeah, very good. Point. Right. Yeah. You know, so I mean, sometimes it's an inquiry, but usually it's a protest, right? right? So, right. like, but just reminding ourselves and and. Like when these emotions come up that are sticky, that are uncomfortable, that go against what we think we should be feeling, which right. is just the silliest thing in the world. But um, to, to just say, like, thank you for being here. You make me human and let it pass through. Right. right? And if it's in the moment, if, if a feeling comes up in the moment, if you're not doing a massive emotional Clearing release, of, yeah, of, yeah, exactly, right? You're right. Life. Like if you're looking at a feeling in the moment, right? A lot of times I call them swirlies with my yeah. clients yeah. because that's how I experience them, yeah. right? So like, so if this swirly comes, if you're just clearing the space for it, no more than 90 seconds, yeah. right? You know, it's like, a nanosecond that they'll flash and we start looking at like, oh, where'd you come from? And it swirls away. Do you know what I mean? But if we can, if we can make the space to heed that sort of call in the ether to listen. Right. Right. And make sure that we're listening to what's happening internally, that we're equipped to make space for that. Right. And be with whatever comes up in that moment and let it move on its way. Right. Emotions have no desire to kidnap us and pull us into a white van and take us underground for three years. Right. Like, like that's what happens when we don't, allow them to move That's through That's right exactly like because right. my time in the then underworld they take up, because then they just take up space in your body right like my then, time in the underworld was there because i was running from the emotions right, right. like you know that 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 two and a half year suicidal depression that was running from emotion right. that wasn't being kidnapped by emotion right right and that, that's a big distinction yes that's that is 180 degrees difference yeah yeah, absolutely. That's so I awesome. think just like reminding people of this again, do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and to just allow it to be whatever it is. And, um, and this is one of the things too that I've seen happening in this. So if there is someone in your life, at your work, 
on your feed, <laughs> you yeah. know, that is doing the, like, whatever it is, shaming you for being afraid, shaming you for being angry, telling you it's not a big deal, like all of these kinds of things. I think now is the time to, to like, we have a reparenting opportunity to stand up for the kid inside and mm -hmm. be like, you know what? It may not be your experience, but it is mine and it is valid. Yep. So and that is a perfect, that is so simple. And look how empowering that is. Yeah. To say that might not be yours. It is mine. And, and it, it is, is valid. valid. Yeah. That's excellent. Absolutely. That's right. Excellent. Yeah. And it doesn't have to change how they think. No. And it's not about getting in an argument. It's not no. about trying to make them wrong or convert them. Or it's really just stating what your own truth is. Yeah. In a loving and kind way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know? And and fully empowered in yourself when you say it. So I think that is an excellent thing to leave people. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Thanks for joining us oh today. This has been awesome. a lot of fun. Yes, it yeah. Is. Okay. So check out the um the the show notes for something for for the the fantastic cab comp what was That's it? That's right. It's um George's famous taxi. <laughs> George's famous taxi and uh Matt Barrett's Greece. Yeah. And so I'm not we'll getting paid for to to worth The it. check is not in the mail. But yeah, we'll put that if you got a, if you got a trip to Greece coming up or if you figure that a Greece island is a really great way to just get away from all yes. this <laughs> and wait for it to blow over. Sorry. If that's your next rock that you need to go stand on, you won't, get any, right, you won't get any judgment from this side of the mic, that's for sure. So, all right, thanks everybody. So glad that you could join us today. And we are here to start a conversation, not be the conversation. So we would love to have you join us uh, around the digital campfire. Uh, you can come to the Facebook page, find Kitchen Table Alchemy, the group. Um, and that's a great place to connect with other people, uh, talk about what we've been talking about, also to find out where our next pop-up podcast is going to be. And Pinterest, find us on Pinterest. So that article that you were looking for that you've scrolled through and you can't find it, it's probably on the Pinterest board. So uh, go find the Kitchen Table Alchemy group over on Pinterest. And for the latest episodes, you can go to our website, kitchentablealchemy.com, or you can subscribe through iTunes. And that way it's downloaded automatically. You don't have to remember anything. That's, that's what I like. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so we've loved having you. Y'all come back now, you hear? here. <laughs>